Welcome back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch, and I am thrilled to be here in Bloomington, Indiana at the Limestone Comedy Festival, and currently I'm at Joella's Hot Chicken, and um, I'm here with a very talented comedian. Please welcome Gwen Sunkel. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for having me and for um, feeding me chicken wings. Yeah, they were really great, right? We- so good. So good. So we have some technical difficulties. Um, we're sharing a mic, okay? So don't make it weird. It's fine. It's going to be great. But yeah, I f- first we went to like the Hoosierist of Hoosier bars, and it was so packed. What, what were your feelings when we walked into that Hoosier bar? Uh, that was a little overwhelming. I get very easily like overpeopled. Um, <laughs> so it was... Um, Crowded, crowded. I'm not used to being in that close quarters with people with COVID nowadays, but. As I'm getting closer to you, because we're going to share a mic, because this is going to be so intimate. <laughs> it was, I love this term, overpeopled. Um, how do you balance that with like being a comedian, we're at a festival, but like, do you have to be really conscious of taking time for yourself? Oh yeah, totally. I um, like skipped the the schmoozy brunch this morning to go um, out to the Tibetan monastery and walk around by myself a little bit, just because it's like I I don't want to you know use up my gas tank of tolerating people too early in the day. <laughs> I'm like that, but with steps. I'm like I can only walk so much per day, and I don't need I need to save my steps for tonight. But I didn't know there was a Tibetan monastery. Yeah. Um, it's uh, quite beautiful and, you know, outdoors and nice. Yeah, it sounds lovely. I, pu- I would have liked to have gone if I knew it was there, but I didn't really do a lot of research. I just, uh, I've been uh, terrible lately. I just. Well, we're here for such a short time, um, and I'm a little more familiar with this town because I'm not from very far away. So, um, but when you come in town for a festival, it's it, honestly, it's like the festival is the thing that you're doing. You're, you're pretty much tied up the whole time. Absolutely. So yes, tell us a little bit about yourself, Gwen. What makes you so special? Tell us about your comedy a little bit. Where are you from? Uh, so I'm from Indianapolis, uh, which is about an hour north of Bloomington, where we're holding this festival. I've been doing comedy for about six years. Um, I got into it after I um, uh, finished uh, grad school and had like a little more free time on my hands to pursue other things. Um, and I just really, I, at first I was kind of like, oh, if I get on stage like once a month, that'll be that'll be good. And then it's like, well, you can't get good at something if you're only doing it once a month. And you, you know, I'm not going to, not the kind of person who half-asses stuff. So I wanted to be real good at it. Uh, and you just get kind of like, I don't want to say like addicted, but you really do kind of have that like, it's like I can't not do not do this. It kind of takes over your life. It really does, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. um, like so many of the people I spend a lot of time with are also involved in performance arts and community or c- comedy, so... 
I feel similar because at first it was like, oh, this is great. If I can just do a show and have all my work friends come and see me and just this excuse to have friends come, you know, that's good. And then it just escalated and escalated. And now I'm like, sorry, friends, I can't hang out with you guys anymore. I got I got to save all my vacation days to go to festivals. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I was just realizing the other day that I haven't taken like a quote unquote real vacation. And and part of that is because of the pandemic. But it's just, yeah, you really are like saving all of your long weekends and vacation time to follow your dream yes. <laughs> yes you're exactly right how many vision boards do you have at home oh um my vision board I carry it around right up here in the dome all the time all the time uh I know I'm getting obsessed when I have I have like a whiteboard with kind of like goals I have a framed vision board that's a little longer oh, looking okay. and then in my bathroom where I can see it from the toilet <laughs> I have another whiteboard where it's like things I'm working on like things to do and then, like, a goal. I have a goal on there where it's stated as if I already got it. Nice. To just remind it. Because I do end up being in the bathroom a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the, um, it's really the command center of the home. <laughs> so we had some excellent chicken here at Joella's Hot Chicken. Um, so we had, we're going to call this. Was it Ella's? Ella's favorite. These are going to be, like, Ella's favorite. Joella's. I gotta figure out the name of the episode. It's gonna be, yeah, they're big wings. They're connected wings, um, which we we kind of sampled those, but we had other stuff too. But what did you think of the chicken? Oh, the chicken was outstanding. Um, it's that like Nashville style hot chicken, so it's like wet and dry at the same time somehow. Um, it's a lot like my pussy, uh, but <laughs> not really. But <laughs> that's Ella's fave too. <laughs> oh, but I'm. Sh- uh, but yeah, so they were like very large, um, almost like two pieces of chicken, uh, like, and then um, are dipped in that like wet, spicy gravy, whatever. It's like oil-based sauce. So then okay. it, that's what makes it. That's what makes it feel like wet and dry at the same time. You got the crunch on the chicken. Um, and you said this place is a chain? Uh, yeah, I think it, it's a regional chain. We have a couple in Indianapolis. Um, I don't know like how far it goes like nationwide, but yeah, it's, it's a chain. That's pretty cool. I think for today, this is kind of what I wanted. I wanted somewhere I could park. Uh, I didn't have to walk too much. And it's funny, I'm looking across the street at a KFC, and next to us is a Chick-fil-A. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is Chicken Avenue <laughs> here in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, there you go. Uh, we're, we're on the Bach, you know, <laughs> just right <laughs> down the Bach. Um, so, yeah, it's a perfect place to podcast. So let me ask you this. Let's talk about how you like wings. Do you eat wings in your real life? Like if I hadn't said, hey, come eat wings with me, do you eat wings? Uh, a big draw of being on this podcast was getting to eat wings. I love wings. Um, it's probably one of those things I could like honestly eat like every day just because they're Simple, tasty, a lot of different flavor combinations. That's fantastic. I'm. Thank you so much for, for, for responding to my message. Okay, so how do you like your wings? Like when you go out, do you prefer, if there's a plate of like, not these connected wings, but the regular kind, do you like, um, do you go for the drummy or the flat first? Ooh, um, I actually, I really like the flats. Do you do that twisting thing? I've been practicing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like to do that. Somebody showed me that one day and I was like, oh, this is so good. This is, this is so easy. Um, but yeah, I think they just um, have a little bit more flavor maybe. I don't know why. Um, and I like, I like a lot of, I don't like stuff to be like painfully hot where it's like so 
hot and spicy okay. that you can't enjoy it. Um, so let's start there. So you're a flat. Um, when you when you dip, do you do ranch or blue cheese or neither? Blue cheese, blue cheese. I do not. I I cannot abide by ranch. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. If it came with carrot, celery, do you eat both of those? Neither, either. Um, I will for sure eat the carrots. The celery, I'm a little iffy on. Um, I'll eat maybe a piece or two just to kind of cleanse my palate. Okay. We're figuring out your wing constitution. It, it, it might as well be a personality test. Um, okay, so if ideally, would you like a wing that was dry rub or do you like a sauced wing? Ooh, I like a sauced wing, I think. Um, but I, I do like a dry rub occasionally. But. Yeah, I have made a little bit of a shift because of the crispiness, but it, it depends. But this is just kind of like your ideal if you were, you know, ponying up to like a wing bar. Um, if you had your choice, would you like your wings fried, baked, grilled, or smoked? Oh, uh, fried, definitely. Yeah, I like it. Okay, here's the money question. Gwen, how many wings can you eat? Oh, wow. Um, so today I could only eat like one because it was enormous yeah. <laughs> and we had other food. But um, I mean, I can definitely put away like a dozen wings. A dozen. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gwen Sunkel, your wing constitution, you are an F-B-C-S-F-12. So, very close to my own wing constitution. I'm an FBVD F12. I might need to take one thing out to make it a little more catchy. I'm still working on it. But I think, you know, there's different things, implications you can pull from this. You know, like, who's your perfect wing partner? You know, maybe who's the drummy to your flat? Um, Or maybe somebody who will, like eat the, the celery like you like the carrots yes. yeah, yeah yeah somebody who will eat the ranch you can put this on your linkedin you can do all sorts of things with it um <laughs> all right that's that's your wing constitution so let's talk a little bit about your comedy um you said six years tell me a little bit about your comedy your perspective and and what's on your mind like what do you enjoy like talking about making jokes about yeah so i love so I love real goofy comedy and I love, um, I love puns, um, which I know makes me a pariah in the comedy scene or whatever, but, um, I, I love really goofy stuff and I love stuff that like takes things too far, you know, so kind of like, um, the office I describe a lot like that where it's like okay everyone's laughing at one point and then it goes so far that it it gets to the point it's uncomfortable and no one's laughing and like (laughs) I love that feeling um but I have a like a pretty um kind of demanding job outside of comedy so this is a real like light-hearted um you know kind of just 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 like to do some goofy stuff but I do like try to talk a little bit about um like LGBT issues and I talk a lot about um death and dying in my set um and just like I have a couple jokes about like the medical industrial complex (laughs) or whatever you call it but um yeah so a little bit talking about my life and a little bit just like being goofy I love that. So you were telling me you're in healthcare, you're a nurse practitioner. So I can imagine like, is comedy kind of a release or an escape for you? Or is it like a, um, yeah, it does, it does it serve that for you? And like, it seems like, or, and do you, and I was going to ask if you write about that, but you obviously just told me about that. But like, how does that serve as a release from the work, especially in the last year? Thank you for your service. Oh, 
Thank you. I, I am a hero. Um, thank you. Uh, I didn't get to see the Blue Angels fly over my city because uh, I was working. <laughs> but no, uh, no, I, we're, we're not heroes. It's just a job. It's but um, it's um, yeah, I was having a really, really hard time there for a while before we could like, you know, get back out and be doing comedy because uh, I didn't have that release and I think sometimes as comics we take for granted that we get to like see a live comedy show four to five times a week even if it's not the greatest show you've ever seen it's still like you're in a room full of people like laughing and smiling and that's like a feeling you just can't capture any other way so yeah it was um very important to me to be able to like get back on stage just for my own mental health. And I hate that whole like, Oh, comedy is therapy thing. Cause it's not therapy is therapy, but like comedy is therapeutic. I think. Maybe yeah, comedy's more like the gym, but it's not the gym. The gym is the gym. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's like, it's an activity. It's a hobby that I do that is not work and it's not sitting on my couch. So it, yeah, you, you know, it's a really interesting point you bring up is like just not getting out. Now, where I live, comedy's been open for a while. Like they, like some of our clubs came back in June of 2020, so it was like literally like three months off, and then just a weird next six months kind of. Um, but it's Arizona is a little more like crazy too in terms of like they don't take it very seriously. I've kind of liked how Bloomington has been very COVID conscious, but. Um, yeah, every we all had to be vaccinated um, to participate in the festival. And you were saying, like, we were in that other college bar. Um, every all the students at IU have to be vaccinated, oh, yeah, to to be on campus. And then everybody's pretty good about like wearing their masks and things like that. They have a they have a really high um, population of international students, so I think it's like not as weird to like wear a mask all the time in in certain other countries. Um, but yeah. Indiana was kind of the same way we um we're very fortunate that like the weather is you know been pretty nice it's it's pretty nice you know spring through fall um so we could do a lot of outdoor shows which you know two years ago if you were like hey do you want to do my outdoor show I would have been like absolutely not I couldn't possibly <laughs> but now it's like oh this isn't so bad. it sure beats like not doing comedy at all and then um like the comedy attic w had opened back up last summer. Um, and I mean, y you had just like the shows here, you had to, if you were in the audience, you had to wear a mask unless you're like physically eating or drinking. Um, and then we even, we performed in a mask. Like I did a headlining set, in a, which was so weird. Um, and it just, it felt like it like, you know, kind of ate your punchlines a little bit, but um, cause my, I don't know if you can tell by this conversation, I'm kind of wordy, uh, so, but um, yeah, so it was weird, but it's like, we got to do what we got to do to stay safe, you know? Do you feel like, um, and I'm kind of wondering my own answer to this question, do you think like all these different ways of performing have um, maybe like sharpened your your skill set, like, or even doing Zoom shows, like some people are like, I don't want to do that, and I'm like, you know, it's just like kind of maybe another tool in your tool belt. No, definitely. And I like, um, 
you know, because there's no guarantees with any of this. Like, and you know, this could all change um, very quickly. So it's, yeah, like you said, good to have other skills and just to like flex that muscle a little bit in a different way. But um, yeah, I feel like audiences have been really generous right now as well. Too, they're like, oh, we were locked up for so long or didn't get to go out and do shows and. Uh, those first, like the first time I was at a club when I would open, like in June of 2020, I was like, you guys have been inside for three months and it shows like, thank you. This is amazing. I got good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it is weird. It's, it's like we want to talk about it like it's over, but like the scary thing looming is that it's probably not over. Oh, definitely not. It's, you know, we're un- until, you know, we get to, um, like 70% vaccination in the United States, it's going to continue to be a problem. So until we get some fucking leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a big sea change coming once they um, all get FDA approved. So find some other reason not to get vaccinated. Well, I, I think like um, employers and stuff will be able to say like, then you can't come to work. Um, the reason they can't do that now is because it's still being used as like under an experimental. Um, oh, I see. Is that a slap in the face to a healthcare worker who's been like working her ass off in the last year, like with people or, or people, you know? Like- oh, it's a hundred percent a slap in the face. And I, you know, this is the most frustrating thing about this is like, you know, for that six weeks at the beginning of the pandemic, like I said, you know, we were heroes and people were like bringing food to us at work. And like every time I walked into a Starbucks, like a thousand doves would fly out or so, you know, it was like, but, and now it's, it apparently we're part of like a global conspiracy to piss off your Nana at Costco. Um, and no, it, it's, it's incredibly frustrating, upsetting and insulting. And that people think that they, somehow know more no better than yeah. like scientists yeah, about I mean, this is dewormer you know like that oh sounds my like god. a good idea oh my god people are so dumb yeah but yeah what did you what can you do you can't fix stupid um so thank you so thank you for that thank you for sharing that perspective because i think i mean it whatever no one's listening everyone's at it you know I'm getting a lot of it from TikTok. I like the parody videos of their like crying about like, I have to wear steel toed boots to work or I have to wear a bra to work, you know? Fighting for you and our kids. Um, So thinking back to when times were good, when things were really good, um, what has been your favorite moment in comedy? Or even top three, like what has been your best favorite thing that's ever happened to you in comedy? I um, I got to open for Eliza Schlesinger right before the um, pandemic um, in 20 was it how long have we how long has it been <laughs> but yeah so that was really fun she was super sweet and um, that w- it was in a big like theater that seats like 3,500 people you know so it just you know was and she was so kind and so nice and like let me do the meet and greet afterward to like meet all her fans and like she's just like a master class in building a like fan base and like a brand following because you know she has these people that you know they've made her t-shirts with her jokes on them and she's just tables full of presents that they've brought for her and her dog because they just love her so much and she's so appreciative of it 
What do you think that is? What does she do? What? Why did she have those? I'll call it like rabid fans, like really deeply connected fans, because that's the gold mine right there. That's. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, she just kind of. One, I think that a lot of her fans are women, and I think that like you know, men aren't going to nobody, no, no man is going to like make their own. Um, like airbrush t-shirt that says like I love you Joe Rogan or something like that like <laughs> um uh but see I think she has been really connected and accessible with her fans her whole career um but like not in a way that I you know she's I'm sure she's really had to figure out how to set boundaries or with that and everything but um yeah I think she's it's relatable to a lot of women that there, there aren't a lot of like other women comics who have that much of a reach. So it's like a small bucket of people that they're choosing to be their favorite comic. I think there is something too about people love it when they saw you before you were big and then they want you to get big and they go, you have the potential. I had to look her up again. Cause I was like, she just announced she's pregnant. Yes. Yeah. So, so I had just watched your movie. And then, um, then I saw something and I was like, oh, she's having a baby with her chef husband. That seems to be the ideal mate for a female comedian. Uh, if you're straight that you, you, you marry a chef. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause we can't cook for shit. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so Eliza, and what, what was the venue on that? So it was um, Old National Center, which is a, it's a big theater. Like I said, I think it's 3,500 seats. Um, like, you know, one of those big two tier theaters, it was just bananas. So the craziest thing about it though, was like, it was two shows. The first one was sold out. And the second one, they just added like, you know, a couple weeks before the show. Cause it had, the other one had sold out. Um, and so it was maybe like 75% full and like, you could tell a difference. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I know you're thinking like that many people, you wouldn't be able to tell like the difference between 3,500 and 2,000. And like, you really could though. Like rolling laughter like that. like Just the overall like energy in the room. It's like, okay, there are, you know, a few hundred less people here. Okay, so <laughs> this has only happened to me once uh, at, at doing a podcast, but I have to go to the bathroom. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to just let you talk to yourself. Here's the thing. Here's your assignment. And if you want, you could just tell jokes. But I don't know if you want to, do, you know, record them on my podcast. But I would like to know, what do you want out of comedy? Like, what is your vision board? What would you like to happen in the next one to three years? Kind of short term, you know, whatever. I'll be right back. Yeah, I would love to be able to um, work as a healthcare worker less full time and do comedy a little bit more full time. We were talking um before we sat down about how like you're, you're, we're talking about you save all your vacation days and stuff for going to comedy festivals and being able to do like weekends at clubs and stuff so not having to um use all of my free time for this like glorified hobby would be great um i am recording an album coming up in november uh in indianapolis um and so i'm very excited about that i hope it does well and gets me some reach out of outside of my like regular fan base um ultimately like my 100 percent pipe dream would be like to have a comedy central half hour um 
but I don't know. I'm also like not willing to move to New York or LA to do comedy because, you know, I, my family is here um, and I'm comfortable here and I just, it just seems like a fucking hassle, you know, and I am not into hassle at all. Um, Hasselhoff, that's sure. Bring, bring me David Hasselhoff any day of the week, but not just like driving around and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I shot the uh, like graphics for my album a couple weeks ago, and they turned out really well. So I'm getting like even more and more excited of it all after seeing some of those. So. She's back. Mary's back from the bathroom. I should do this every podcast just to have like a little secret surprise on the like when I walked away. I think it was like the I think it was like the hot oil sauce. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, oh no. Um, did you have a good time solo podcasting? I hope it's good. I can't wait to listen back to it. Um, <laughs> so you vision board it. You told us what you want, what's coming up. That's good. Because it'll happen. Like, it's magical that way. Yes. You just put it out there. I do. I love hearing what other people want or what they're working on. Not to steal it, but it does give me, like, it's something about, like, you didn't know something was possible until you heard somebody did it, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's, I don't know. I say it like that. I'm, or I'm hesitant because I feel like. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, copy people. But it's like, oh, I didn't know about that opportunity. And, like, there's a couple comics I really like to follow because I'm like, oh, I love this path. I love what they're doing. And it kind of tells me, like, that's how you do it. You know? There's so many different ways into all of this, like, performance art type stuff that it's like if one way doesn't work for you, you can definitely find another. And the people who are telling you that that's not possible um, lack creativity. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think even, especially meeting people at festivals where I'm like, oh, you know, that's a path I hadn't thought of before. Or if like one door closes, like they're creating their own windows. And it's like, you can do that. And that's one thing that always attracted me to comedy was that kind of the individual nature that's why I stopped doing improv I was like I hate being on a team I don't work well with others but like I can create my own path yeah yeah no absolutely I feel the same way about that too we were we were talking a little bit about how like you know I working in healthcare like my schedule is a little bit erratic so I was like well this seems like a good art form to be like oh well I can't go to an open mic that night because I had to work late or something so it's a little less it's like on you to say okay this is when I'm available versus not um one of my friends his name is Greg G Williams and he's a nurse he's in Northern California and he does a show called Nurses Night Out uh so if you ever want me to connect you and you want to do a show do it yes that'd be so fun I would love to perform for a bunch of nurses I think they'd like me we have a very sick sense of humor, so. <laughs> Nurses really are the best people. They, anytime I've been around them, like, or, if, like, when my mom was in the hospital and stuff, and it's, like, they're just so caring, and they just do the work that, like, nobody does, and, like, they just care. Yeah. If, if, they're, if they're good. Yeah. <laughs> some of them don't. There's probably some bad ones out there. Sure. Sure. Just like there are bad comics. <laughs> okay. Point taken. Uh, shout out to Greg G. Williams. Um, 
Uh, what are you looking forward to? Do you have anything on the horizon that you're just like, I can't wait? Oh, I mean, I know one. We were talking about it last night. That oh, Maybe that's what you're going to say. Yeah, well, I talked about that a little bit on my vision board. But yeah, I'm recording an album coming up in November. Very excited about that. Um, and... Um, what else am I super excited? You know, this was like the limestone was like the big like, okay, I got it. Two years, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is this like big prestigious festival. And we got in in 2000. It was supposed to be like May of 2019. And then they're like, postpone till September. And then they're like, wait, no, not at all. Oh, yeah, it's 2020. Yeah, yeah, So it was like, then not at all. Now it's going to be in 2021, but in September. So it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and at one point it was like, I had told him, I was like, I can't go in September. There was another festival going on. And I was like, I'm going to do that one because it's in my backyard. Yeah. Like, I'm canceling on him for a festival that ended up going virtual. You know, and I'm like, thanks for keeping me in the, you know, like, there was another festival I canceled in the spring of 2020. But it was, it was like, you know what I learned from COVID stuff is don't cancel. Let them cancel. Because that festival didn't put me back on the roster. And that's okay. But also, like, all my trips on American Airlines, like, I tried to cancel early, like, because I thought I was going to lose something. If I had just waited, I wouldn't have had to pay, like, the, their change fee. Ugh. Um, let me ask you, recording an album. I've never done that. How does one go about, like, what, did you, what were the things you had to think about before getting ready to record? And then what's the final product going to look like? So, it... Basically, you just have to decide that you're going to do it. <laughs> as with everything, right? As yeah, as with all things. Um, and then, you know, finding a venue that would let me do that. The, the White Rabbit Cabaret in Indianapolis is my favorite venue to perform at ever. And they're so kind to, tr you know, trust me with their stage. Um, and then I'm doing like a, a backup recording at a bar called Planet of the Tapes in Louisville the week before. Um, so... Like I, right now, kind of like you were talking about comedy or like being the gym. I'm I'm working on like every time I go up on stage, I'm trying to say like, okay, would I want this this chunk to sound like this? And you know, just punching up jokes and and getting them in the order that I want. So I've got like an hour set out that I of how I think I want it to go. Obviously, I can change that around, um, but the album itself probably won't be that long, but that way I can have like 10 to 15 minutes I can cut out if I want. Um, so I'm sure getting like my very best, you know, 45 to 50 minutes. Um, the It's going to be called No More Tears because this joke, I my favorite joke I tell right now is that I ran out of my antidepressants, so I've just been drinking Johnson & Johnson's No More Tears shampoo uh, instead. <laughs> so, and... Um, it kind of, the aesthetics are kind of like if Lana Del Rey made a comedy album, like a lot of mist filters, a lot of. I love it. That's what, yeah, you were showing me the pictures and I was like, I love this. Um, so that is fantastic. And then where do you plan to release it or what's the final farm going to look like once you record it? I'm still trying to decide like how I want to put it out. I ended up getting um, a, uh, Record companies is going to put it. I was just going to do it solo, but um, somebody contacted me from On Tour Records, which is a company out of Lexington, Kentucky, so not very far from here. Um, super nice folks. Um, I, Stuart Huff is on their label, um, so they they do a lot of like really smart comedy. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yes, yeah, so they reached out to me, and they're going to put it out. Um, and they um, 
you know, it'll be available on all the streaming services and then they like shop it out to Sirius XM for you. Cause that's like how you really make money as a comic nowadays. Like if it gets on Sirius XM, I want to say it's like, you get like $25 a play, you know? So I've got, a uh, yeah, I've got sev- several friends who, you know, make a couple, you know, make a couple hundred dollars a month, um, through just having their jokes played on Sirius XM, which, you know, better than a kick in the teeth I'll tell you that so um I'm also working really hard right now to get like finalize what the show is gonna look like you know I want the host and the opening acts to um you know hype the crowd up and get them excited um so that you know they're like setting the table for me to have the best set possible but also that um they don't have jokes that are similar to mine because I'm, it's kind of like when you have kind of like even talked about a topic um, and then somebody else does it. It's like, oh, that the wind has already been kind of taken out of those sails. Um, It's like if, if we were both telling like a Dr. Zeus joke or something, it's like, Oh, how, how did two people have that much to say about Dr. Zeus? That's very strange. So, um, that is a big part of what I'm working on right now is like finalizing the show product itself. Um, Mark Bookwalter, who's a comic that's on the festival here, uh, out of Bloomington, uh, will be doing the the graphic design for me so I'm very excited about that he he does some really fun work um so I have such hot and talented friends it's really unfair to the rest of the world that everyone I know is so attractive talented and willing to help me achieve my dreams so yeah this this podcast is going to be excellent. I'm happy for all of you that you get to hear it. Another really fun comedy gig that I had, um, I got to open for Ron Jeremy one time. Um, the famous porn star, rest in peace. Not rest, he's in jail. Um, he's in prison, but... Um, that show took place in this bar that was like a half country line dancing bar, half strip club. And Ron Jeremy goes first at a comedy show because he says he doesn't want anyone better than him going before him. So he comes out and does like 20 minutes of very like cat skills, borscht belt shtick, plays the harmonica. Then he goes backstage and takes a nap while everybody else does their comedy then he comes back out and does a question and answer session (laughs) and ron jeremy also sells merch um which are like eight by ten glossy photographs of himself one with like like a rose you know and he'll he'll autograph them for you but a couple of them are legitimately like eight by ten glossy printed photos of him having sex with someone as if you would want to buy this and frame it and put it on your wall. And and like, who is the minion that has to like go down to Kinko's for him and get these printed out? (laughs) So bizarre. 
Oh my gosh, I love what I just walked back into. This is great. I did meet Run Jeremy once a long time ago um, before it was cool. Like when it was still cool. Now it's yeah. not. Yeah. No. Is he in jail right now? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Then I don't need to tell you this story. <laughs> no, he was doing a signing. But uh, what a weird, sad life. Yeah. No, definitely. And it, you could tell like he's not lived well, you know? He's had a hard life, yeah. sort of. Um, I remember when he was on that show, Surreal Life, I felt bad for him. I thought like, you know, he's more than just that, but then he's also made, that's all it is. So yeah, so now I'm not as, I'm not sympathetic. So anyway, that's so much fun. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry, um, maybe not sorry. It's probably the best content I've gotten of me having to walk away. You know, sometimes, I don't know. Let's not talk about my IBS. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a different podcast. It's a whole different IBS with friends. Because um, everybody has it now, I think. Like, it's a thing. No, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, this food was definitely s strong. You know, it's not normal. Yeah. But it was tasty. And I got some on my badge I saw, a little wing oh, sauce oh, there. Yeah, so that It will be. I'll look back on this badge. I love looking at my festival badges. Mm -hmm. But I'll look back on this one and go, hey, that's when me and Gwen got wings. Oh. Gwen, where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me at Gwender Woman, uh, like so, like Wonder Woman, but Gwen um, on Twitter and Instagram, um, and I'm in Indianapolis. I cannot wait for you to record this album. I'm very excited. Um, see, now I'm gonna think: should I record an album? You know, like not, you know, but uh, like now, or at least it's in my atmosphere. So when the time comes, you know, w w maybe <laughs> we'll see. Um, that's been fantastic. Oh, um, I won't bother her. No, we're fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, and check out the Limestone Comedy Festival and uh, check out Gwen's uncle. And please follow, follow Wings with Friends on Instagram, you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.